Hello, and welcome to another episode of Using Our Library Voices. Just one more way that the Harris County Public Library is serving our customers from within and outside our walls. My name is Sedina Shaver. I'm a Children's Services Librarian at the Barbara Bush Branch Library in Cypress Creek. I'll be your host for the crafty episode this anti-boredom month. So relax and untwine with new inspiration and good conversation about the fiber arts. Y'all ready for this? The last year saw a rise in staycations and hobby hoarding, which has driven a new wave of procrastination. In this month's scabbing, librarians with a passion for fiber discuss their favorite patterns and pastimes. Welcome to Gabbing with the Librarians, where Harris County Public Librarians get together to talk about different topics. I am your host, Jennifer Finch, from the Spring Branch Memorial Branch, and I'm here with John Harbaugh of the Parker Williams Branch. Hey, everybody. Darla Pruitt from the Atascacita Branch. Howdy, crafters. And Darcy Casavant from our administrative offices. Hello. To talk about crafting and how it intersects with libraries. When I started working with libraries, I didn't know that my ability to sew and crochet would come in handy. I learned to crochet from my grandmother when I was seven and to sew in the eighth grade. What type of crafting do you do and how did you learn how? Darla? Some people at ACPL know this, but a lot of people don't know. I actually owned a craft store for 10 years. Uh, we had a store called Eccentricities. And my sister owned a store next door called Needle Art. And I sold what we call alternative art supplies. So things for altered books, book binding, uh, rubber stamp, anything cool and funky I would carry. And of course, Needle Art, she carried stuff for knitting, crochet, tatting, anything that was Needle Art, she carried. Towards the end of our, having our store in 2003, I had a guest teacher and I had teachers from all over the world fly in. And I had a guest teacher in who had been an art librarian for Houston Public Library. And she knew we were closing and she said, have you ever thought of being a librarian? And I was like, she said, you have a drama background because I was in theater before I had my store. And she said, you know, it kind of combines everything. And so that's how I got into it. I've been a crafter all my life. I don't even remember a time when my parents, my, my mom, does everything and she sews and crochets and everything. So I grew up with it and it was just a natural extension of everything I did. And so as soon as we closed the store, I started volunteering at a Toscacita and that's, that's how I got into it. All right. What about you, Darcy? Just like Darla, I feel like I've been crafting my entire life. My mom knit, but she didn't really, she tried to teach me a couple times and it was a complete failure but I learned to knit. Okay, I went into a Barnes and Noble and I was specifically looking for the Klutz book on quilting that wasn't there, but there was one on knitting. So I said, oh, okay. So I got it and I taught myself to knit through a Klutz book. And I really recommend if people are learning how to do stuff, the Klutz books or, ch or kids books, they really diagram things super well. So I learned how to do knitting that way. And then the other thing that I do mainly is um, crochet. And it was the same situation. I got a Klutz book. I learned the basics, but I didn't really know how to read a pattern. 
And it was a library program at another library that I worked that was hosting a how to crochet class. And that's where I learned how to read patterns so that I can do a mess of stuff right now. My main focus is amigurumi, which is a Japanese term that generally means like a cute little stuffed animal, usually crocheted. And I like it because you don't have to worry if it fits because a sweet stuffed animal always fits. All right. And John, what about you? Well, currently I've been doing more like paper crafts and vinyl crafts, decals, t-shirts, things that you'd use like a Cricut cutting machine for, use Inkscape for graphic design. I do a little drawing, a little sketching. I recently learned the basics of knitting, really enjoyed that. But what I'm here to talk about is sewing. So when I was in sixth grade, I wanted to make a flag, the same flag that you find on the cover of uh, Songs from American Movies, Volume 2 from Everclear. And so my mom showed me how to cut fabric, how to set up the sewing machine, and how to do basic stitching. So it was like the 1960s all-metal singer. Basically, like, there's no way that you're going to destroy this thing. So it all started there. Now we fast forward a decade later, and I started to encourage my wife how to sew. Her mom had been, or is a fantastic seamstress, but... My wife was usually practicing piano at home, so she never really picked that up from her mom. So when she started to learn how to sew and how to quilt, that really drew me back into sewing. So yeah, that's kind of where I started. Oh, John, I would throw money at you to (laughs) for cosplay. And I know if I really wanted to, I know we have databases that can walk me through how to sew. I would just have to sit down and follow the class. Well, that leads me into another question. So what is the best resource you've used, library or otherwise, for your crafting? Darcy, how about you? Okay, my first stop shop is a free site called Ravelry.com. I mostly go there to look for patterns. For example, this morning, I got the itch to look for a pattern for a cowboy gnome because I'm me but the keyword search for patterns is amazing it it, I always think that a librarian has done it because you can adjust the parameters of your search so that it isn't overwhelming it will search free patterns it will search patterns in a book and it also has a link to how you can get that book in a library, either ours or through interlibrary loan. And, you know, there's also some like small business designers that I'm not sad to support them because most of their patterns are really affordable. I don't think I've paid more than $5. And, Mm. and like I said, it supports a small business. And the other half of it with beyond patterns is there's a social aspect. There is a group for everything it's like no matter what tv show you like no matter what movie you like there's knit and crochet alongs where everybody does the same project there are swaps which i've done and that's super fun ravelry is good if you just want to learn patterns that's great Uh, it has great how to's but and also the social thing if you're into that it's really fun i agree i really love ravelry 
I basically just use it for the patterns. I don't get into the social aspects of it. I've never really connected with any of those. And one of the other things that I have gotten connected to partially through Ravelry and partially outside is on Facebook, there's a whole bunch of crochet groups. Oh, yeah. And I found one It's that called A Crocheted Simplicity that she has her own website called A Crochet to Simplicity and her, she has the Facebook group. And people post their patterns. They ask for help. And it's really great because if you're having a problem with something and you just show what you're working on, you can you have this insane resource of just these thousands of crocheters that can say, can look at the pattern that you're that you're having a problem with and try and figure out where you're running into the problem and help you out with it. I love that. I've had so many people contact me saying, I'm looking at this pattern and I have no idea what I'm doing. So I can kind of walk them through, but a site like that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's mainly through the Facebook group that people just post things, they have questions, and then you have these very experienced crocheters, these advanced crocheters that will walk you through the process. One of the other things that a crochet simplicity has is a mini mystery crochet along. So it does, it's over the course of a weekend. It usually starts on a Thursday, a Friday, and a Saturday. And they award prizes for it. So by when you post the pictures of each section that you do, so you don't know what you're making. And what I found is that by participating in these mini mystery crochet alongs, I'm doing things that I didn't think I was capable of doing, and I'm learning new skills. What kind of projects do you do with those? Well, I've done a couple of tea towels. I've done a giant granny square. I've done a mandala that is actually what we're going to be doing for my branches uh, crochet kit for next month. And so just different things like that. And it can be anything. They've also done little pencil cups. They've done a little rocket ship. Just And they have uh, guest designers come in and do the pattern for you. So it's really interesting. You get to learn new skills. You get to create things that you probably wouldn't have created without it. So I really encourage you to do things like mystery crochet alongs because, or knit alongs because it pushes you and it helps you grow as a crafter. Mm-hmm. That sounds, and it sounds ex- accessible. It too. is. Darla, what is, what resources have you used? It depends on what project I'm working on. I really like, we'll cover this in a different segment, the crafting database that we have through HCPL. But I really am a visual person when it comes to certain things. And I love YouTube. Quite a few years ago when Paracord was a big thing, I you know, had to learn how to do Paracord in order to do a team program. And I just read the instructions over and over and over again. And I'm like, it did not click in my brain. I watched one video and this guy was kind of like, okay, here's how, here's how I do it. And being able to see physically how it was done. I was like, oh yeah, I have this whole little thing, little thing was like loop, swoop, pull. And I'm like, that's it. So uh, I love, I love, you know, I fall down the YouTube hole of all these 8 million crafting videos they have, but I, I love, you know, using that and, TikTok has got some good things and it's got some things that are almost impossible to do because people <laughs> edit their TikToks. And I was like, I warn people, TikToks and uh, some YouTube crafts, you'd be really careful because some of them are severely edited in a way that it makes it look like it work and it won't work. I won't mention one of the channels, but uh, there's a certain channel that's very famous for being horrifically, they cheat on their crafting. 
And so if you try to do it the way they show you how to do it, yeah, you could you could hurt yourself actually. So one time on YouTube on Sewing Front, I actually found a pattern tutorial where they walked me through a sewing pattern from beginning to mm-hmm. end. And that was the savior because it was far, the pattern I picked ended up being far beyond my actual skills. So having that YouTube video that walked yes. me through each step was amazing. All right. So John, do you have any resource you'd like to share? Well, HCPL has an assortment of different books in both physical and ebook format. So there's something like over 900 different books throughout the system. A lot of them do come with patterns. So I typically use those for like refreshers or skill development or, you know, vocabulary like placket. Do you know what a placket is? No. Yeah, it's a little piece of fabric that goes behind a zipper. That's a placket. Oh, yeah. How, how would you have ever learned that in your life if you didn't read it in a book? I also use it for new project inspiration. So my wife and I, we love vintage style clothing. Jennifer, you know this. So one of our favorites is Gertie Sews. It's both books and an online community, and they create all this fantastic clothing. And they show pictures of them with it, and it's just like so dreamy, and you're looking at it, and you get so inspired. So they have a lot of different tips from the different books as well as vintage patterns. For example, for Christmas, I made my wife a 1940s vintage style skirt. Oh! I still need to hem the bottom of it because there's about six inches too long since she's (laughs) a a short gal. Regardless, I mean, it's been hanging up, so it'll be the perfect size. So you can do all of these different things. Another big one, like you said, the internet. So there are tons of online groups. There's a Patterns for Pirates is a huge group on Facebook where you get (gasps) free patterns. You can make all sorts of different stuff. You know, anything from t-shirts to like rompers to leggings, like the legging pattern is very popular and they have it in a lot of different sizes. There are amazing pictures on Instagram, like from crafters like Mr. Domestic, who does pretty much a little bit of everything in the fiber arts. There's tutorials on Pinterest and on YouTube. I usually use Pinterest and YouTube for like troubleshooting when I'm like, well, how, how, how do I do that? But once you go through all of this, you'll be inspired to the max. And that's max with two X's. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be ready to start your new project. I don't know. Most of my stuff is on a whim. Like I think, oh, hey, wouldn't it be great if we did this? You know, or like, oh, I really love this show and I want a shirt that looks like that. All right. Now on that front, how have you used your crafting skills in your work as a librarian? Darcy, do you want to go first? Oh, sure. In my career as a librarian for, I'm coming on 20 years. My goodness. I've done a lot of hosting of knitting and crochet programs, including the one where I learned how to read a pattern. But the project for the library that I confess I am the most proud of is I created, I modded a pattern of a little fox and made it look like one of our Curiosity Cruisers mascots, the fox, whose name is Northtail. And what I did did was as kind of a way to build up staff morale is it was kind of a traveling project so I sent her to all the branches and the response was overwhelmingly possible or positive excuse me I mean she was part of she was part of programs and customers fell in love with her 
and she got a little library card and she got a staff badge and a certificate for passing a training. Mm -hmm. And I know Jennifer, you took her to the movies and one of your staff there made these adorable cloaks, which I have to confess are still my favorites. She came back with so much stuff. <laughs> and I had also sent a journal and the, there were so many pictures that people took. And it was just, you know, this is why I do what I do, because there was so much joy that came out of it. And she will be featured in the Centennial book, that's coming out and I'm currently working on a, with our maker lab to make kind of a display, a permanent display that will be at our administration building. I don't know if I want to deal with the traveling because it's a lot of work, but maybe, but anyway, um, and I also made a curbside Larry, but that hasn't made any features. Um, I think that's why I was looking at the gnome this morning, but no promises, no promises. <laughs> um, so similarly with my crochet, uh, in the, especially in the last year for the pandemic, I've been doing a lot of how to crochet videos, live videos, how to crochet on our Facebook page. And then starting about in, I think, March or April, I started doing crochet kits where I picked a pattern usually a free pattern, but not necessarily. And I did a how-to crochet tutorial on this pattern, always giving credit back to the pattern maker, because if I can redirect anybody back to their website, I feel like that's a good trade. And then I create this pattern and I get the yarn and the pattern and any accoutrements other than the hook and a yarn needle. I let people get those of their own. And give them out to patrons. The most popular ones that I've done have been the Hawaiian lei where I actually had to buy a, pa because I really wanted it to be a kind of an own voices maker uh, where it was someone from that culture who designed the pattern. I got a pattern book. That was also my most challenging pattern that I've done to me. And then I actually had to send away to get the yarn from Hawaii because it was cheaper than trying to get it from an American, from a, the mainland store. And that one was very popular and we were able to give out all the kits. And then the whale, I just did a whale for June, which is, his name was M. Richard Whale. So kind of, because he doesn't <laughs> like his name anymore. So he likes to use his full name and he just uses his first initial. And um, it's basically a whale stuffed animal that's about a foot across and in, in length. And he went really fast. Uh, just all of the kits went out. And I was so happy that they all went out. Now, that one, I have to admit, I did not walk through the entire pattern because that would have taken about four hours. And it would have been far too long of a video. So I just did sections to explain how to increase and decrease and do certain sections of the stuffed animal. I picked up your, since your library at Spring Branch is actually my local library, I came to as a customer and I didn't get the kit, but I do have the pattern and that is definitely in my queue because I have some leftover yarn that I've been trying to figure out a project for. So when I'm done, I will post it to Instagram and I will tag you and Spring Branch and 
and do all the things. Cause yeah, if you, I think if people do project kits from all the, from the various branches, you know, you could post it on Instagram and we want and to see tag it. Us. Yes. <laughs> what about you, John? So pre pandemic, I used a lot of paper crafting every week for those story time kids. You'd be amazed at what you can do with the paper plate. Now, when we got word that Parker Williams was going to get a maker space, we were super excited. So one of the must-have things was a sewing machine. We were pretty big nerds here. So I wanted a patron to have the ability to come in with a cosplay idea and design, create, and finish the whole thing with the resources right inside the library. We have a Cricut machine. We've got a sewing machine. We've got a 3D printer. We've got a laser cutter. They should be able to create whatever they want with those different tools. So when we shut down, my branch manager tasked me with making masks for our staff for when our glorious return to the building. So during this time, I made two different mask videos that were featured on the HCPL website, as well as sewing over 60 masks for our staff. We've also, or I've also probably sewed over 250, 200, 250 masks for personal use gifts and things like that. And while being here, oddly enough, I've also inspired our adult services librarian, Tanner, to really get right into sewing. He had wanted to for you know, different cosplay reasons himself. So he was doing foam armor, but then he also wanted to start doing sewing and that kind of drew him into it. That is so cool. <laughs> a lot of what we do in their library is trying to create a love of reading, a love of stories. But I think a lot of that is if we can share a love of another skill that we have and spread that love and how to use the library resources and to provide the skills to other people. I think that's fantastic too. Now, Darla, I know you've got something really exciting coming up. Yes, actually, this uh, Monday we filmed all the videos for Camp Stitch a lot. Camp Stitch a lot's a program that we've had every summer starting in 2006. And I always joke that because it was Camp Stitch a lot, that turned my niece into a cosplayer because she was a huge anime fan, and but she didn't know how to sew. And she would try to put pieces together and costumes together and so finally, when we started Camp Stitch a lot in 2006, it was a week long. It's a week long camp. And we're in person. We of course, you know, meet in the YA area, and we do everything. We've done sewing, embroidery, crochet, just really you can name it. We've done it, and um, through that, she learned she learned how to sew, and then she took off from there. But yes, we do that every summer, and we've you know switched to virtual. And so we do, we shot five videos on Monday and they'll go up every day and the kids can come pick up their kit and work along with us. We're really looking forward to getting back in person because there's only so many things you can do, you know, virtually and at home. But when we started to do this, it, you know, with the 100th anniversary, the, the centennial of the library, I started thinking about one of the first giant programs I did was kind of like we actually did in 2006, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants was like, the thing. It was like the hot book. And so I was like, we were at a YA meeting and I was like, hey, let's do traveling pants. And Kathleen donated two pairs of jeans, Kathleen Green. And I coordinated it, which I at the time think, oh my, you know, I was crazy to do this. And so every branch got the pants for a certain period of time. They had a program. The kids had a little section of the jeans they decorated and they had a journal they wrote in that went to the next person. 
And then they brought their own genes and could do their own genes after they finished the HCPL ones. And it went to all the branches. And uh, so in the end, we had two pairs of genes that had been decorated by I think, almost all. I think there were one or two that couldn't because of construction or something like that. But yeah, it went all the way around the system. And we still have those. I was like, I need to send those downtown because, yeah, we still have them hanging out here. We need those on display because that's... <laughs> They're travel traveling projects. I love them, but they to administrate them. There are a lot of work, but you yes. know, there's so much joy in it. That's just, it's worth the work mm -hmm. really. At one point, I think a staff member at one branch, because there was something happened and a staff member from one branch had to literally drive the jeans to the next branch that was supposed to have them. And so, cause we couldn't, it was like on a Friday and it wouldn't deliver. It wouldn't have gotten there for the Monday program. And someone was like, you know what? We'll drive them to the next branch. So that's what we do. Yep. And our branches are so different that yeah. when we have a traveling project like this, it really shows the diversity of our different branches, the different people that we serve and our different communities. I mean, it, it's a fantastic representation of all the different people who come to the library to get what they, what they love and to be inspired by all mm -hmm. of these things that they love. One of the, my favorite things about being a librarian is not only the stories and spreading the love of the stories, although that's a big part of it. It is using our skills to reach out to people that have similar interests, especially kids and teens. And especially for us, a lot of these skills, a lot of these programs that we're talking about are not things that are necessarily popular. So we're reaching a set of kids that may not find their group in high school, but they find their people at the library. And that's just it. It's about mm -hmm. community building. So by doing programs like this, you know, we are sharing our love. We are building these communities. And it means that your community doesn't have to just be the people that you go to school with. It can be people that you interact with. It can, it can be adults. You can have adult friends. You can have teen friends. You can have younger kid friends. And it's okay. And a lot of these friendships can last your entire life. I ha I'm still in contact with some of the teens that I worked with in Mississippi when I was early, early in my library career, one of which she is now a librarian herself. Mm -hmm. um, and there I ran an anime club, and it was the first anime club in Mississippi, so I'm still kind of proud of that. <laughs> and they are that group of kids. They're still kids. They're 30 now. Uh, they're still in contact with each other. And so, you know, they may not talk to each other on a regular basis, but they follow each other on Facebook. They, they talk, you know, every now and then they get to, you know, they go to see each other. Now, several of them knew each other in high school, too, but they didn't really hang out in the same crowd. So they really got together at my anime club once a month. And that was me sharing an interest I had at the time. So by me sharing my crochet interest, by me sharing my drama or my anime or the different fandom things that I'm into, I, I'm really trying to reach out to people who have similar interests and build that community, like what you're talking about, John. And so I think that's just an amazing thing that we're all doing with our crafting and reaching out to different people in different ways. So thank you so much for joining us today on Gabbing with the Libraries. And thank you, Darcy, Darla, and John for being here today. If you would like to join the conversation, email podcast at hcpl.net. Next month, we'll be talking about when your favorite creator is problematic.
The following database drill is brought to us by Beth. She's great at needling out crafting articles, patterns, and other resources from the vast catalog of databases available for free to Harris County Public Library cardholders. Combat the summer slump and discover something new to keep your hands busy and your mind sharp. You have a question? I said, do you have a question? This isn't your mama's database drill. This is the Harris County Public Library database drill. This is the part of our podcast that will show you the best of the best databases provided for HCPL. So I'll ask you again, do you have a question? Let's hear it. Hello, Harris County Library community. I'm Beth with the Atascacita Branch Library, and the database drill is Hobbies and Crafts Reference Center. Content in the database includes a collection of core proprietary articles covering over 140 topics, as well as licensed periodicals, books, and videos that focus on categories commonly referred to as hobbies and crafts. From hcpl.net, you'll want to select Explore and then Research and Learn. On the left-hand side, there are subjects to help us narrow down the databases, HCPL does have over 100 databases, and I don't want you to get lost. Pick Do-It-Yourself DIY Hobbies and Crafts, and from the list, you'll find our Hobbies and Crafts Reference Center. From the first web page of the database, I want to point out some really great features. The categories, particularly useful if you want to explore new crafts and hobbies, Makerspace Spotlight, and Featured Video. My favorite way to use this database is to explore the categories and make discoveries, like learning how to bead a gourd. I didn't even know seed beads could transform a gourd into a work of art. But today, let's give this database a specific search. Bookmarks. There are many results, and I'm looking for a project, so on the left-hand side, I'm going to narrow down the results by selecting the Projects Limiter. Keep in mind, that can remove some good search returns, but when starting with a large selection, limiting the options can be really helpful. There are so many ways to make a bookmark. Machine stitching, cross-stitch patterns, paper crafts, weaving, knitting, and more. You'll see that you can download or print full-text versions of the articles, and images from the article are often shown in the preview. The article I selected was Bookmark, from Outline Stickers, the December 2006 issue, found on pages 54 through 59 of that source. Even here, you can cite your references with the Easy Citation button on the right-hand side of the article. You can email it or save it to your folder. This has been your database drill. If you have a question you'd like to answer through our databases, email podcast at hcpl.net with the subject database drill. Now I have to make this pretty cool bookmark. We're going to button this episode with some hidden gems from the stacks. The fiber arts don't disappoint. Crafting with cat hair, anyone? I'm so in.
Hi, my name is Lauren and I'm a maker specialist at HCPL. I'm super excited to be here today and talk about some great maker and DIY books that put a unique twist on different styles of fiber arts. There are so many different crafts to explore that use a variety of textiles and fibers for people of all skill levels and interests. You may be familiar with knitting, crocheting, and embroidery, but there's dozens of unique mediums for you to explore. For years, fiber arts and things like weaving and textile work were devalued as legitimate art forms, instead being written off as women's work and a mundane domestic task. However, over the last century, it's been reclaimed as a form of expression and a celebration of artisanship and female empowerment. Now more than ever, you can find unique tutorials on YouTube, creative inspiration on social media, ready-to-make craft kits in stores, and of course, a variety of books to help you hone your skills. If you're looking to explore a new art form, HCPL has some great titles to get you started. For those who want a low-cost, easy introduction to all things yarn, Pom Poms, 25 Awesomely Fluffy Projects by Sarah Goldschat and Lexi Walters-Wright is a great place to start. What's great about this book is that it's jam-packed with detailed photographs, has beginner-friendly crafts for people of all ages, and doesn't just stick to yarn either. You'll learn how to make pom-pom decor for pillows, parties, and more with things like cupcake liners, tissue paper, and a variety of accessible materials. This is the perfect hobby to start with that has little to no materials or tools needed and produces some really fun and impressive results. For the experienced crafter who's looking for a new niche project, how about giving needle felting a try? Needle felting could be best described as sculpting with wool. By repeatedly poking and condensing colored wool into desired shapes, you can create 3D objects with a high level of detail and an adorable plushy finish. Happy Wool Felt Animals, Needle Felt 30 Furry and Feathered Friends by Makiko Arai is a highly detailed instructional book that will guide you through creating a host of woodland creatures with the needle felting technique. If you're interested in beginning this new craft, there's also tons of kits available online to help you get started with materials and tools. The great thing about needle felting is that while it's a long process, it's really easy to get the hang of and create something special. Search needle felting on Overdrive for even more instructional books. And lastly, if you're looking to give new life to old clothes, why not check out Mending Life, a handbook for repairing clothes and hearts by Nina and Sonia Montenegro. With the rise of fast fashion, it's easier than ever to just throw out damaged items rather than fix them meaning more clothing is headed to landfills than ever before. This book teaches you techniques on how to artfully mend your favorite clothes, accompanied by beautiful and detailed illustrations, along with insightful advice on living sustainably and being a mindful consumer. What I love about this book is that it goes beyond a simple DIY instruction and gives great advice from the authors on the philosophy behind mending. This book is chicken soup for the maker soul, while also offering practical and sustainable lifestyle tips. There's many more where that came from, so be sure to explore our HCPL catalog online for even more books on fiber arts, including more fun activities like amigurumi knitting, punch needle embroidery, tapestry art, and anything else your heart desires. 
We hope you've enjoyed another yarn of using our library voices from the staff of the Harris County Public Library. You can subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to podcasts for more content throughout the year or find us at hcpl.net forward slash podcast. And don't forget, there's still time to register for our summer reading program, Tales and Tales. Participation is open to all ages at hcpl.beanstack.com. You can also register via the handy mobile app Beanstack Tracker. Just choose the school, library, or bookstore option by organization and search for Harris County Public Library. Track your progress until August 7th to win free books and more. Join us on Using Our Library Voices in August for a back-to-school, teen-centric episode. This episode was produced by Nancy Hugh, hosted by Sedina Shaver, edited by Jennifer Nandlal, with segments presented by Beth Cripple, Jennifer Finch, Darcy Cassavant, John Harbaugh, Darla Pruitt, and Lauren Peters.